0: Hello podcast listeners. This is the newest educational podcast, the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, a podcast by high school principals for high school principals and all educators of Georgia. I'm your host, Jim Finch, and I'm the principal at Mary Persons High School located in Forsyth, Georgia. The mission and vision of this project is to interview high school principals across our state for the sake of professional learning. Hopefully, you'll be able to receive some valuable knowledge from some of the best principals in this state. So, thanks for listening to the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, a podcast by high school principals for high school principals. Today's podcast is Season 1, Episode 3, and today's guest is Dr. Alan Long. He's principal at Jefferson County High School located in Louisville, Georgia. How are you today, Dr. Long? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks
0: for having me. Well, good. We're glad that you're uh, able to take time out of your busy day to to kind of talk to us. Just for our listeners today, uh, Dr. Long, how about uh, telling us a little bit about your educational resume and your background?
1: Okay. Uh, This is year number 35 for me. Uh, I've been doing this for a while in education. I went to Tennessee Tech as an undergraduate. got my BS from there. I've got my uh, master's degree from Lincoln Memorial University and got my doctorate degree from the University of Alabama, which... uh, which was great to get that great education from those schools. As I said, I've been doing this 35 years. I was a biology teacher and a coach for a while. Uh, then I was also an assistant principal for three years and then I became an administrator and I've been doing that for the last 19. And uh, so I've been at Jefferson County High School for 10 years, uh, home of the Warriors, and, and uh, we're, in, we're in homecoming week this week. So you can imagine the fun that we're having with that. but but I've uh, been here 10 years,
0: it's been 10 great years here. Well, that's good, speaking of uh, homecoming week, uh, let's kind of talk about what is your why? Why do you do what you do? I know it's not for homecoming weeks, but uh, that's part of the job, so kind of give us, uh, why are you an educator? Why are you a, a principal? Well,
1: when I, I kind of fell into being an assistant principal. I was a teacher and a coach, and I loved that. I got into teaching because Teachers and coaches had impacted my life so much when I was young and when I was in college, high school and college and, and so I thought it's something I always wanted to do and so when I got into it I thought I wanted to teach and coach forever. Uh, the last year I taught and coached, it was right up until May and I was planning the next year when I got out of it and what happened was my my principal um, had said that he was going to retire and he was a guy that had trained, really made an impact on my life, Dr. Mickey McNeil, and, so he, he came to me and said that he was looking at retirement. And I said, look, what's it going to take to get you to stay? Because I was a coach and athletic director and teacher for him. And he said, well, I told you a couple of years ago, go into administration and, and, and I'll stay. So I made the decision then to become assistant principal. It was not anything I'd ever really planned out. And, uh, you know, I had the degrees and had the other qualifications, but I never, had never really planned on doing it. So I, I got into it. I uh, did it for three years under him. I uh, loved it. Um, I, I guess I found all the things that I thought it wasn't, it truly was. The challenges in it were great. The energy that you had to have was great, which I always thought that I got from teaching and coaching. But what I found was that it was teaching at an extreme level and coaching at an extreme level. So you could get both of the things that I'd always done in administration and being an assistant principal. I love being an assistant principal because it was... In that position, I had the pulse of everything going in and our, going on in our school. And Dr. McNeil told me when I became a principal three years after that, he said, what you'll find out is that you know a little bit about everything, but you don't know a lot about nothing being a principal. You have to have good people around you. And uh, I found that to be true because you, you put out fires all day, but the energy level, the, the uh, you know, why do I do it? I do it because kids. Uh, if I had to be locked to this office, and do paperwork all day, I'd go crazy. Uh, i do that stuff at night and I'm on time. I love to get out and play with them. I love to get out and spend time with them, and that's why I continue to do it. So really, they're the why, And, and, and making a difference in a kid's life, making a difference in a teacher's life, and watching them grow and learn is fun. And when I can't make that impact anymore, I'll probably go do something else.
0: Sounds good. You said you've been doing this for 35 years. Uh, yes, sir. Do you have any next steps other than retirement? <laughs>
1: uh, next steps for me will be retirement. I don't say the word retirement because it scares me. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going con- I don't have any aspirations of being a superintendent. I don't have any aspirations of being in the board office. Those things have come and gone for me, and and it was the quick answer was no, and I've never been to an interview for those for those positions. Uh, because I've always wanted to be a high school principal and, uh, the high school principal is where I'll leave education because I want to leave it where it's fun and I want to leave it, uh, what I truly am. I'm, I'm truly just a, a high school administrator because that's what I want to do. And so when I step away from this, uh, when I figure out what I want to do next in my life, uh, I'll probably st- step out of education. My, my, vision of that for me is that I won't go do the halftime, I won't go do the board, the uh, state board thing and and work in school improvement, things like that. Um, My goal is when I get out of education, when I walk away from the high school building for the last time, I'm going to go into something completely different and learn something else because I'm a lifelong learner and I want to learn. So I'm going to probably go into a completely different profession. And uh, But I don't want to retire, so I want to go do something different. I haven't
0: figured out what that is yet, because I've been too busy at this and I'm still having fun with this. Good. Now, you're a, a past president of the Georgia Association of Secondary School Principals, uh, GASSP, our state association for high school and, and middle school principals. Um, and you also sit on the NASSP, which is the National Association of Secondary School Principals, which is our national affiliate. You sit on those boards, that board of uh, directors, can you kind of talk about what it means to be uh, involved in a in a state association and what that's done for your career?
1: Well, uh, being involved in GSSP is probably the greatest single move I ever made. Uh, I became a member because I thought that was the thing to do when I was an assistant principal, and then as I was that as an assistant principal, and then it came along and they, they had a spot open in our district to be to be a district director and to, and to be on the board for GASSP. So um, somebody said you'd be really good at that. And I said, well, if if, if this district wants to vote me in, I'll do it. So I did it, um, met some of the greatest people I've ever known. Um, my, my involvement in that, the strength of that is the relationships. I, I encourage everybody to get involved in, in their state organization because that's where you build that's where you build the nucleus of the people that will help you, protect you, advise you, and connect with you as far as a network. You know, I, 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 I don't have any shame in the fact that, that I took a, um I had a PSC violation at one time, um, as bogus or whatever it was. I had to, I had to take a three month suspension. And the support that I got from GASSP and those people gathered around me that truly knew me as an administrator, Because one of the things that I learned during that time, because it kind of freaked me out, scared me, and one of the things I learned was from my administrative counterparts and and all of them was that, look, if you're in administration, you put yourself in that position every day. One decision can put you there if somebody decides to put you there. And you're fine, you're great, and you're going to land on your feet. And that that group made sure I did. So the support is huge. And, And I would say that, and that's why I tell my story because the support that you get from that organization is tremendous. The executive director, Mel Callahan, is not only an executive director, he's a resource for all of us as a principal because he's probably forgot more about the business than any of us will ever know, uh, but uh, he's a great resource. And then the people around, you know, including yourself and the relationships that I've built uh, that I would have never been able to build if it hadn't been for that organization that I think are so strong and are extremely important to me. Honestly. One of the reasons I continue to stay is my love for our kids here, uh, the ability to think that I'm still making a difference, and the fact that that is a network and an organization that I don't want to leave because not only are they the people that I depend on for advice and to help me learn and continue to grow, but they're great friends, and and walking away from that, they'll still be my friends, but it's just going to be a little different. So. That's one of the reasons I'm still in it. It's what that organization has done for me. The national board. I've been blessed that the state association uh, put me up to be to serve on our national board, and I was uh, was able to do that. Uh, Gwen Taylor and myself, also from Georgia, get to serve on that board. It is a great experience uh, to do things at the national level for the state of Georgia. Uh, I'm very proud of that to represent the state of Georgia on that, and I, and we try to do that very well. Gwen and I. Uh, but being a part of that national board and seeing things at a national level really opens your eyes, and, and it's a great group from around the nation. I've been blessed to make some great connections around the nation, and be able to pick up the phone and through Twitter and everything else, uh, build great professional learning networks. And uh, so it's been it's been quite a ride, and I've been blessed along the way to know a lot of great people. I'm a copycat. I don't have anything original. What I learned is from successful people. <laughs>
0: You're probably selling yourself a little bit short on there. Podcast listeners, again, today we have Dr. Alan Long. He is the principal at Jefferson County High School in Louisville, Georgia, and uh, we're very fortunate to have him on the line today, and he has kind of gone over a little bit of his background. Uh, Before we get into our uh, topics today, uh, just kind of give us a little uh, bit about your family, uh, any special interests or any hobbies that you may have.
1: Well, uh, I have four children, so as most of you know that have children, that, that's your hobby. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, I have four children that I've been blessed, uh, one of the greatest, fans, the greatest family I've done has been a dad, and I've got Joe, who is now 34, uh, Jim, who is 30, uh, Alana, who is in her first teaching job at Mary County High School, Go Indians, with Gina Linder, another past president of GASSP, and she's in her first year of teaching. And uh so she's excited about doing that and uh and, and doing very well and she's a teacher and a softball coach and uh then Austin is my junior here with me at the high school and uh he's looking forward to the next steps in his life. Uh my oldest son uh is a Marsaw Marine and, and has been around the world several times doing a lot of different things, so I've always been scared of that, proud of that. My second son was a recon marine and was, was injured in Afghanistan and and has recovered. Runs a, a foundation called Goodwill Guides through trout fishing, and has uh, developed uh, that through that and been a non-profit organization. I'm very proud of that. So I've been been blessed to have them. My wife Jennifer, uh, we've been married for 25 years. Great lady, and and I had two sons by previous marriage, and and I had them when we were, um, you know. She inherited us all. She inherited me and two boys when she when she married me, and she's been a great part of my life. And um, you know. I've learned to play golf. Uh, that's something I had to learn in the last 10 years. i kinda kind of enjoyed that and enjoyed hunting. I enjoy reading, enjoy learning, uh, enjoy spending time with my kids, um, and just just, just, doing the, just doing the normal stuff and, and uh, trying to
0: stay young. <laughs> well, you're doing a real good job of it. Um, let's go ahead and delve into our topics today. Uh, we're gonna talk about school safety. We're gonna talk about school culture and climate um and maybe even get into a little bit of uh pbis for high schools um you know in this past legislative uh session when the governor set his budget uh he made an emphasis on on school safety so what has uh what what has jefferson county done or what have you and your leadership team over there done to improve the school safety there at jefferson county
1: well um one of the one of the things we've done is there's been several because that's got to be the topic of the. I mean, obviously, it's on the national news, and everything we face every day, and all the things that are happening. And you know, uh, we—I uh, realize, in administration, my my navigation through this and watching things change—we're five seconds from CNN every day, and 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 uh, because of the, the 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 flood of media. You know, it, it's 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 cha- not changed the way we have to do business. We have to be aware of more things, and there's more things that we see out there. But you know, what we're doing with school safety is is obviously we have those safety plan plans in place that we actually go in every semester and update them. Uh, we're actually starting some some things where we now you know we have fire drill all the time. We have fire drill every month. State requires that. Well, now we're doing about every you know once every once every couple of months we're doing a drill. Uh, you know, active shooter drill. You know, what do we do in these cases? Uh, putting out more information. Uh, you know, a lot of people, what you do for the public is you put in those, those, those things that work. You know, the, the, uh, put in the, the extra security in the front have the person in the front and the door, you know, the door's locked, that kind of thing, the buzzer's in. You know, all those are great. Uh, they're great for the public to see and they make the public feel better, but you gotta have the drill work in place. You gotta have the other things in place because most of the time, in those situations in safety situations, they're not coming to the front door. And and uh, tornado drill, all the different things that go with drill, and you got to have those things in place. The other thing our system's done that we're really excited about it uh, through through Energenics, uh we are we are now developing a new system-wide system where um, teachers are going to be wearing a little card around their neck, and they can push a button a certain amount of times, and it everything's on our phone come to us on our phone what's happening um, everybody in the system will get an alert within an eight-second period of what's going on in a certain school when it's safety and there's different levels uh, there's different levels of that this is how we're using the state money that we were provided um, for each for each school with, with safety that they provided for us last year uh, this is what we're going to do with it and are we're, we're actually getting that installed right now uh, we'll be trained on it, so I don't know everything about it, but I know it's going to be a very good system to connect us. We're 45 miles long in our county. Uh, to connect our system, we're very rural. We have five schools in that 40, in that 45 miles. You know, Gwinnett's got 17 miles and 64 schools, but, uh, I don't know that for a fact, but much bigger. We're very rural. So to connect us as, as a system, uh, is strong in safety. Um, you know the other thing that we've done that is really great for us—we've done it for instructional purposes, but it's also been a great safety and security piece. We now have cameras in the classroom. Every one of our classrooms have audio for teachers, and and an audio system, and they also have a camera system that runs 24 hours a day. Uh, I can pull that up on my phone, look in our classrooms. Uh, if we have something happen, we can go back and look in our classrooms. So we have cameras in every classroom now. So to be a rural school system, we've really updated our safety and security measures. But it's an ongoing thing, and that's one thing we have to understand, and I think every principal has to understand, is you've got to go back and revisit that several times during the semester and a year. And I always sit down at the end of the semester and at the end of the school year with your team and say, okay, what can we do better? you got to do that at school level. you got to do that at system level. That's just the name of the game now and continuously updating, and using your technology to update your
0: safety. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, that's pretty impressive for uh, a small rural district. So y- y'all have we're gone... we of that, that,
1: that we do those
0: things. Y'all have gone system-wide with the Syntegics then, with the yes. with the grant? Okay. Yeah, we've
1: gone, gone system-wide with the Syntegic grant, and uh, every school will have it, every teacher will have the card, and then we've got to train them on what to do with it. They came and presented it the other day, and I apologize for not knowing more about it, but I encourage all principals to go look at that. Uh, Brent Coleman is the guy who came and presented it to us. I mean, a great system, and, and we were excited about that. Those are the things that are going to make the difference is, is, you know, how you react. God forbid anything ever happening to any of us or, or any of our schools, but as we know, we can't control that. It's what we do afterward we can control, and it's really a great system we're excited about. And along with our cams in the classroom, it's going to be
0: a great, great plus for our system. Now, just to remind our podcast listeners, you've been an administrator for 19 years. Just kind of think a little bit or, or, or tell our listeners a little bit what may have changed, in not what may have changed, but what has changed from what were standard practices of safety 19 years ago to what they are in 2019?
1: Well, it's amazing. I, you know, I started out teaching in Texas. And I'll go back to teaching for a minute. I can remember doing parking lot duty in our school, uh, you know, back in 1983, 84. And kids, kids would pull in the parking lot at Dallas High School with guns on their gun rack, and we didn't know anything about it. And and um, you know, so obviously now that would that would bring in law enforcement from everywhere. But what what I've seen change in administration is. I think the the sense of urgency that we all have about making sure we're doing everything we can. I think the public, you know, every time the media is involved, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be because it's big news, but, you know, it brings parents more and more aware. It brings parents more and more, okay, what are our schools doing? I think we have to stay on the cutting edge more than we ever did. Used to, we put a safety plan in place. Uh, You didn't worry about every door. You didn't worry about every buzzer in. You didn't worry about that. I think Columbine changed that, and I think you know actually, actually I was an assistant principal when that happened, and and so I think that has changed, and then obviously the things that have happened since then, and uh, so I think it makes it, it's made us more aware. Number one, I think it's made it where now there's got to be more conversations about that. I think it's it's obviously been a change in the cost. Uh, to put systems in to do the things you have to do for safety and security costs money. And, and, um, so, you know, the, 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 when they brought the cell phone in, that obviously changed the way we did drill work and, and the way we did that sort of thing and how much information goes out and how quick it goes out. Uh, but I'm not necessarily, I'm not one of those that think the cell phone's a bad thing. I think we have to teach kids how to use it educationally. Safety-wise, and every other way, but I, I also think it can be a good thing. and That's the way we need to approach it because it's not going away. But but uh, I think what's really changed more than anything is the sense of urgency we all have to have as school systems, as a state, and as a nation about our schools. Uh, because the one thing that does concern me is is how vulnerable. And I think you know the more media play it gets, the more people out there in the whole general public of this country realize schools are very vulnerable. Um, good people, we want their input and their involvement, but also those other people that may have the wrong idea realize how vulnerable schools are. And and so, uh, we, I think the constant concern about it, uh, it's another one of those things where we want to come in and do academic, instructional, athletic, do all those things that make a great high school experience for every kid, but, now that great high school experience includes their safety and security, and we have to stay on top of that all the time. So it has changed the way we think. Uh, it's changed the, the way with the conversations we have, because now that's in every conversation. When you have a football game, safety and security is in that conversation. When you have a pep rally, it's in the conversation. When you have a bonfire, it's in the conversation. Anything you do during school or after school activity, safety and security is in the conversation.
0: Absolutely. Let's, uh, we're not going to make a big shift in, in gears because oftentimes school safety and uh, culture and climate are, are hand in hand with those, those topics. So let's kind of talk about discipline and, you know, the culture and climate there at, at uh, Jefferson County High School and, and maybe even uh, talk about something that y'all may do with positive behavior interventions and support. So what are some of the best practices employed at your school or by your administrative team that you all do to improve student behavior?
1: Well, we we have two major components of that, and they kind of fit together. We do PPIS, and we have the we, we have this, we do students of the month. We have a, a technology we have a, a technology broadcasting all those things. We we make our own posters and we put them up. I mean, real nice posters. We do students of the month every month in every in every academic area, and we we do that for positive intervention. We have luncheons for them. We do some different things like that. Uh, you know, the, the part, now what goes with that, and I think the piece that fits into the discipline piece of, and the consequences piece we talk about, is we're doing story practices, and, and we're working hard on that. We're working hard on the sessions with the kids on how did your behavior affect others, how did it affect yourself, how, you know, what would you do different, those type of things. So we're having those conversations trying to help that. Obviously, there's some things that have to be dealt with with the code of conduct, but those things we can. not We're trying to restore everything we can. We. One thing about our population, we have to. We have to build huge relationships here. Twenty-two uh, percent of my kids in this building right now. And I got 780 kids. We have 780 kids here. Twenty-two percent of them have two parents at home. The rest of them are raised by one aunts and uncles, grandparents, or somebody that gives a crap. So relationships at our school are huge. Um, Teaching at our school is huge, and it's not just biology, math, science either. It's, it's, it's teaching social skills, it's teaching, it's teaching them that somebody does care about them, it's teaching them that this is a place they can come to and feel important, and we're gonna, there's gonna be consequences for your actions, but we're not gonna quit on you, we're not gonna give up on you. We have a graduation rate of 91%, uh, in a, in a, in a 100% poverty area because we just don't give up on them, we don't quit on them. So going out the door is not an answer. We may have to change the way we do things. One thing we try to teach here, because I get I, re, I get really tired of hearing the word discipline. There's consequences for your actions, but discipline really comes from within. If without self-discipline, without learning to discipline yourself, you know that there's it's not going to work. So what we try to do is teach and use consequences to teach children to discipline themselves. Because in the end, when they leave me, they've got to know how to handle themselves. Well, part of handling yourself is self-discipline. I put all the discipline in the world on you, but if you don't learn to discipline yourself, then then we're not getting anywhere. So we're, we're gonna to try to stretch, we're gonna to try to work with you. You're gonna make a mistake, we're gonna do the consequences for it, we're gonna have conversations about it, we're gonna put you back out there and see if you do it better. I think part of the key to to school management, discipline, and culture, is they gotta know you're not gonna give up on me and that you're gonna put me back out there and let me try it again. And we're gonna to try to work you th- through it. I do believe in school culture and climate. I think it is the biggest part of our school. We have a, a principal student leadership group. I've had that for 19 years ever since I started being a principal. And it's for student voice. And I don't, you don't have to do a certain thing. I go around the school and I watch this at the beginning of the year and I pick out certain kids from all different areas and I'll pick about eight. And they become kind of the voice and they we, we talk about culture and climate a lot. I think the kids have to drive the climate at school. And obviously that starts with the seniors. We talk to the seniors a lot about being the leaders and driving the climate. And, and uh, if the kids, I feel like we have a really healthy school and a really healthy climate if the kids are driving it. If we have to drive it, it's gonna look a little different. <laughs> so, and and you want, you want kids to lead that because if kids are leading that, they're invested in the school. If they're invested in the school, it's a good place because it really belongs to them. And uh, we have to make decisions on what they can and can't do, obviously, and we have to make decisions based on their behaviors. But behavior is a constantly changing thing and we have to treat it as that. And and so, you know, the restorative practice has been great for us, PBIS. Uh, it's out front. We have a PBIS team that's really strong in our school. They make tardy policies. Uh, they work with our, our student voice group, my principal student advisory. They work with them, making tardy policies, adjusting uh, dress code policies, all those things. So the kids are involved in that decision-making too. And, uh, you know, that's been healthy for us. It's worked for us. You know, I would tell anyone, if if I could give you some advice, I would have a group, not your student council, not another group, not your octagon club or your key club or that, but a group that you pick out. Our principals' uh, student leadership group meets with me every two weeks. They meet with me every other week on Friday. Sometimes I do lunch for them. Sometimes I do a snack. We meet in the conference room. We have an agenda. They text me what they want on the agenda, and we we have discussions, and, and... and then uh, there's some other things we do community service-wise because I really push them up as leaders. Uh, it's not all seniors, it's not all juniors. It's 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 just a mix, and uh, so it's it's been really strong for us. And uh, um, I would say that that helps you anytime you get student voice involved, you're helping the school climate.
0: Okay. Now you've worked in uh, different states, and you've worked in uh, probably suburban settings. Um, Rural settings. Can you kind of talk about what you've seen and learned about school culture and climate as it relates to those geographical settings?
1: Yeah, that's a great. That's a great question, Jim. I, and, and I think that's a huge, huge thing. I, I worked at my first. You know, as a teacher, I worked in inner city Houston. I worked at Haley Hastings High School. We had forty eight hundred kids. I worked at Dallas High School. We had forty four hundred kids. Obviously, that culture is very different. It was suburbs of Houston. Uh, obviously they, they have different needs. You know, you handle that difference. You do that different. Uh, then I've worked in, in suburban areas in Whitfield County, Georgia, uh, where, you know, the, you had access to a lot of things. There were parents at home. There was, you know, all those, all those different things surrounding them. They had a great, uh, support group and the school could kind of be part of that support group. And I think that's important there. I think you, you, your climate and culture, the way you do things there are different. Then I've had the great fortune of coming here in a very rural area, an uh, educated area at times as far as the appearance. But the unbelievable parents support because they value education so much because they never had it. They're very supportive. The people we do have at home with them are very supportive of us. But they don't. They're supportive of us because they depend on us. They don't know. So, and, and, and I think wherever you're at is where you got to be. And what I mean by that is because I had to learn this 10 years ago. I had to learn, okay, this is a little different than what I've been before. Because people that knew me then, the kids I had then that knew me then, they're like, well, you do that a little different. Yeah, we'll do a little different here. Because we have to be, a, we, have to, we have to make a different impact here with our kids here have a different needs than kids in Whitfield County or Houston, Texas, or some of those areas I've been. So I think that's important as an administrator, always being able to adjust to what the needs of your community are. And I think that's huge for any administrator to study your community, know what your community needs, and build that school into what your community needs it to be. Because let's face it, high school is the last thing. They're going out the door after that, and they're going to be doing something with their life. So let's get that community what it needs to make those kids successful because if those kids become
0: successful, that community will come become successful. Well podcast listeners, I want to remind you again today we are talking to Dr. Alan Long. He's the principal at Jefferson County High School that's located in Louisville, Georgia. Uh, probably central, south west uh, east part of the of the state. <laughs> We're kind of unique. We're kind of
1: unique because Somewhere near Augusta. I'm out long. Prince,
0: Georgia's in in cent, cent, east central Georgia, Louisville Georgia, which is also Jefferson County
1: in South Georgia. Right. We
0: got the Matt Line running right
1: through our right through our town. That is unique. Right through our, our, our
0: county, I'm sorry. Well, we have uh, we've discussed the topics of school safety, discipline, school culture, and climate today, and uh, we have had an expert come in here and talk to us about that today. So. Once again, uh, listeners, I want to thank you for listening to Episode 3 of our first season here on the Georgia High School Principals Podcast, a podcast by high school principals for high school principals and all educators in Georgia. I am your host, Jim Finch, and I want to thank today's guest, Dr. Alan Long. He's principal at Jefferson County High School. Uh, Please feel free to share this podcast on all the platforms of social media, and we look forward to recording future uh, podcasts and uh, with other principals in our great state. So, Alan Long, thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, Jim, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much, and I'm honored that you have me. And um, I also want to encourage everybody to join GASSP. It's it's the strength of you as an administrator, and it's a great way to build your network. So thank
0: you so much for having me. Well, good deal, and good luck to you all the rest of the school year over there. And, um, again, thank you for, um, for being on our podcast today. This is episode three of our first season and so for now for all of our podcast listeners we are signing off thanks for listening